Zuko! You hey, gotta be kidding, man! man. Hey, this whoa, is whoa, whoa. Hey, hey, what is this, Halloween? Where did you swipe this letterman sweat, huh? My <laughs> tools were out stealing hubcaps on lettered and track. How do you like that? I can't believe it. Danny Zuko turned jock and started in. What are you doing, deserting us? Well, you guys can't follow either all your lives, can you? Oh, come on, guys. You know you mean a lot to me. It's just that Sandy does, too, and I'm going to do anything I can to get her. That's Episode 14 of the East West Grind Podcast. Welcome. Reese was on recently, and I watch that shit every time it comes on. As I know everyone in my generation and older does. As should all generations. It's a classic. Hell yes, I watch that shit. Enjoy the next 90 seconds, my people. It's electrifying. Music from that times. Am I right? What's up, friends, family, listeners, old and new, from the local listeners to the national listeners and to the global listeners. Thanks for being here, and I hope everyone is coming out of the house safely and adjusting. I'm starting to notice more traffic, so people are starting to feel safe. The vaccines are out and starting to move, so we are coming out of the dark, as Gloria Estefan would say. So that's been exciting to see. Although sitting in traffic again, eh, it sucks, but uh, it's good to see. Be safe out there, my friends. But before we jump into some talk radio and podcasts, I want to run over some of the top podcasters in the country because we're going to talk a little bit of shit today. In the top 100 podcasts are The Ben Shapiro Show. That's the opera singing lawyer reporting on politics. Dan Bongino, he's the dumbass on Fox all the time saying, I want to own the libs. Like, what does that even mean? It's like he's 15, a 15-year-old boy. Uh, The National Pulse with Raheem Kassan and then Jack Posobiec, who these guys, I think both of them work at the OWN Network. And uh, both of them are uh, like 
daily on the Steve Bannon War Room Pandemic Podcast with Tin Hats and, you know, in his bunker. Then we have Louder with Crowder. I haven't delved or dove into his show, but he's off the Blaze TV. That's Glenn Beck shit. So I know he's telling the same stories as the rest of the nut jobs or con men. Then there's the Charlie Kirk show, some kid, really good looking kid. But, uh, and that's how they do this. They go after the good looking people, put a script in front of them and say, just say this. And they say it. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. But he's some kid giving political advice. Charlie has a co-host who sounds as though she wants to fuck him throughout the entire show. She's like, oh my God, Charlie, you're so smart. He he he. She just agrees with everything he says. It's like a reality TV joke. Next in the hopper, we got Dinesh D'Souza. He's in the top 100 podcast. He went to prison for violating campaign finance rules several years back. Trump pardoned him in 2017 or 2018. And coincidentally, after that pardon, Dinesh D'Souza produced, I think, two Christian movies that depict Trump as a prophet of God. I just can't even believe it. But he makes terrible movies. Pick any one of his movies and go watch it. You'll be like, oh, okay. I see why this shit is like straight to DVD. Then we've got one of the grand fucking poobahs, Steve Bannon's War Room Pandemic. Remember Steve Bannon? We talk about him all the time. I'm never going to let this fucking guy live, live it down. But Steve Bannon was arrested for allegedly stealing millions from the American people, from the border wall fund. And of course, Trump recently pardoned him like the day before he left office. Keep in mind, a pardon requires an admission of guilt. These motherfuckers steal from the American people who they claim to love so very much and in broad daylight. And the listeners keep going back and back daily. It's like the MAGA crowd has Stockholm Syndrome. They just keep going back for more. They just keep going back for more. They don't know. They don't want to know. They're too scared to be without it. I don't know. Whatever. It's like Stockholm Syndrome. And rounding up the top 100 podcasts is Glenn Beck. I think he's the founder of The Blaze, where Little Miss Wannabe Punky Brewster, Tommy Lauren works. But why am I bringing up top podcasters in today's show? For two reasons. One, to say to the Democratic Party, hey, pay attention to this shit now. There's a way to compete with, with these guys. You just got to learn how to do it. Learn the language. Rachel Maddow tried early on to break into the conservative AM talk radio bubble and compete with Rush Limbaugh. She couldn't do it. She's too cerebral. She's a Stanford graduate, super smart. It's two very different types of the English language. And two, nine times out of 10, if you are a longtime Rush listener and then you try and listen to a Rachel Maddow show, the Rush listener is, is going to be like, what the fuck did this bitch just say? I did. I used to do that when I started watching her. She'd go, go off on the Byzantine Empire. What the fuck is that? So you pause the show and, you know, you look up the Byzantine Empire on Britannica.com for free. Thank you, Google. Britannica is history of facts. Don't get me started on that just yet. We'll get there. Now let's circle back to the top podcasters I mentioned a few minutes ago. This is how Trump did it. All these guys, 
these top podcasters and Rush, they all say the same thing. It's just communicated differently in different languages or vernacular to fit their specific target audience's educational level. It's lingo or, you know, a way of communicating. The message is the same, though. In this particular lingo or vernacular, from those top podcasters I just mentioned, Trump is the victim. The election was stolen. This is your Spartacus moment. The Dems are socialists or communists, either one. They call the Democrats both. So, But those stories are just not based in fact. They are taking advantage of their listeners, of the people of this country. Not from a trailer park or a garage bunker, but from multi-million dollar mansions. It's entertainment, not news. Know the difference, my friends. And these guys are feeding shit to millions of listeners and followers that they have, even though there are no facts supporting their stories. The loyalists of the loyals, loyalists, loyals of the loyalists, whatever, they will not abandon. It is a trip. There's a word for this type of blind belief. Episode 12 of the East West Grind, I think. How is this shit any different from what David Miscavige does? But podcasting is a new way of that people, you know, absorb information and news. Rather than having to watch news or read, they just trust their podcaster's opinion. We'll get into that a bit more uh, a little further into the show. But side note, me and the missus were down in LA a few years ago, walking down whatever street that's called with the Hollywood star names, Hollywood Walk of Fame, whatever. And this really nice kid was like, hey, come into our church of Scientology for a 20-minute seminar. It'll change your life. I was like, fuck yeah, let's do this. Let me see the shit you are selling. I'm thinking this. I didn't say it. But Diana gave me that stank eye like, don't fucking start with these guys. So I didn't. I didn't go in. But I wanted to. Really bad. I'd already seen like two or three episodes of Leah Remney's Scientology in the Aftermath. So I was fucking, you know, down like a clown to go see how this shit works, how they brainwash people. She said no. Missed opportunity. I was bummed. Let's move on. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. How are you? You look awfully nice today. Hmm? Maybe don't wear a bra next time. No, I was talking to you. No, not her. I don't know her name. Mm, I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotchy scotch scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. Okay, let's jump into America's real-life anchorman for a second. Isn't Will Ferrell just fucking great? Here's a clip from the January 29th Rush Limbaugh podcast. Be right back. Here's Jeff in Jeffersonville, Indiana. Welcome, sir. Great to have you here with us. Hi. Megadittos Rush, listener since 2000. Thank you. Uh, I want to ask what your opinion is on why the tech industry is left-leaning. Um, I'm a tech industry person. I've been here working in this industry for 30 years. Um, it's very entrepreneurial. There are no unions. Um, I'm curious as to why it leans left when it seems to me it should lean right. You know, this is a question that I have been asking myself my uh, my whole life. His whole life, he says. He's like 70. 
And the tech industry is about 30, 35 years old, This the Silicon Valley part of the tech industry to which this caller is referring to. But whatever, rush lies and make shit up. We all know that. I just want to point it out. Side note, where are you getting treatment at, Rush? Stage 4 advanced lung cancer announced in February of 2020 on your show. You sound fantastic, sir. It is rare that someone even lives this long after a diagnosis like stage 4 advanced lung cancer and still has the energy, the lung capacity to bitch and moan and yell for like three straight hours. You must be blessed where others with advanced stage four lung cancer are not. It's a miracle. You're a miracle. Because like I said, you sound great. I listen and I can hear everything. We all can. We can hear you burping. We can hear you fucking farting. (laughs) We can hear the cotton mouth, my man. Matter of fact, let me channel my inner, my inner Michael Rappaport and ask you a question, Rush. Yo, you got like 500 million bucks, my man. You can't get to the dentist to get a decent grill or glue that shit up. It's disgusting with those mouth noises. Get an audio guy to drown that shit out because you are sounding crazy on the yard, Duke. Is he sick, Rush? I hope not. He doesn't sound sick. I never hear any wheezing or anything. What medication is he taking? Because God forbid if I ever catch a diagnosis like he caught, I'd want what he's taking. I've heard horror stories of people fighting that disease. After just three months, boom, they're done. He sounds great. Is Rush a miracle? I don't know. Is he full of shit? I wouldn't put it past him. He's made a fortune and an entire career of filling people's heads with shit. That is facts of history. Let's keep going in the same episode of the Rush Limbaugh Show for just a minute. Because I have been under the impression that all of these people, self-made, very wealthy, are natural-born conservatives. But they obviously despise conservatism. And they despise conservatives. (laughs) conservative people. I despise them. I have to think a large part of this is the education system they've grown up under. They've been lied to about conservatism and conservatives. Uh, They believe that conservatives are racists. They believe it, Jeff. I mean, it's it's not that they think it and they believe it to their core. They believe that we're bigots. They believe that we're homophobes. They believe. Hold up. And this is going to go into a, a side note. Maybe a 10-minute side note. Maybe longer. Maybe into another vein. I don't know. But remember where we're at. Rush believes the tech industry workers are natural-born conservatives. That's where we're at. But we aren't naturally born anything. We're just born. Our upbringing and environment shape our beliefs in our youth. And people either continue on with their family beliefs and cycles... You become a truck driver like your dad or a teacher like your mom. Often nurses produce and raise nurses, Karen and Candace. But people, they evolve or devolve or continue the cycle from which they are born into. Sometimes they do it all. 
They do all those things, evolve, devolve, stay in neutral before they find their groove and stabilize where they are comfortable with themselves. If you're comfortable with yourself, you can be comfortable with everyone around you. Those are real people. Here's an example of that comfort and those real people. I serve a lot of conservatives at my job. Some of the nicest people and I've ever met, and I consider them friends. We sing 80s songs and quote movie verses to each other when they come in to have their lunch or dinner. The regulars. Like at Cheers. <laughs> That's the closest place I can describe my work environment. It's like Cheers with pizza. Hell of fun people. But we know where each other are at in terms of politics. It doesn't matter. We show respect for each other. And we're all just people. If we can get there collectively as a society, I think we'll be in good shape. Now back to life and, you know, evolve, devolve, continue the cycle, whatever. As most people know, older generations, there's always bumps along the way in life. If you're lucky or you're brave enough, you color outside the normal, air quotes, normal, the normal cycle or lines of life, and you experience other things. Change. Change is hard for everybody. But you go into the unknown, not known, and fearless. That's usually the black sheep. But if you take that leap, chances are you'll find what you're looking for sooner rather than later. Not without those bumps, like we just talked about. Trust me, I'm 51 in like two days. That is not old by any means. But it's got its challenges, and I can still throw a mean left curveball. But the bumps can't be avoided, my friends. It's how you roll with those bumps that either hinder or propel you into where you're supposed to go. And the people, the ones that tell you that their life is perfect, are the ones who are the most fucked up. That is fucking fact. But back to Rush, Rush's comments that basically tech people are born conservative. You're not born anything. You're born into something. How this fucking guy has been allowed to be on the air for like 30 years infecting people, their, their minds and their thought processes, I don't fucking know. But the vast majority of the Silicon Valley tech industry are liberals. Most techies are the, the children They're either the Gen X generation or the children of the Gen X who are millennials and the children of the millennials, which is Gen Y, Gen Z. These are vastly liberal generations. These three and a half generations have taken advantage of the Internet and not poisoned their minds with watching conspiracy theories or Jerry Springer type of shit or porn throughout the last three decades. As technology advanced and more information became available, people took it upon themselves to educate themselves for free. And again, these guys are in large part liberal. Liberal means diversity. Diversity is inclusion. That means everybody. Look at them. Go to those campuses and ask for a tour when shit opens back up because I guarantee you those campuses are going to open back up. And they are going to thrive and they're going to provide good jobs and good opportunities for most industries. Down to the respected plumber. But these millennials and tech leaders, they got money. And they're smart. They'll come out when it's safe. 
put people back to work. And right now, these tech leaders are paying their people down to the handyman, down to the plumber that they employ to stay at home. This is what they're doing because they take care of their people first. But they will come out when it's safe for everybody. This is why the tech leaders are so feared by the conservative old corporate or old corporate Trumps of the world. Here's old corporate. Get your ass back to work. I don't give a fuck if you're sick or not. And no, if you get COVID, I ain't paying you shit. You're on your own. Get to work. Now do you see why conservatives, conservative radio racists like Rush and Bannon and all the others are hitting the tech leaders and industry so badly? People don't want to work for old corporate anymore. They're losing their workforce. They're losing their support. They're losing their base. People want to feel appreciated and know that their employer has their back. The younger generations are rising up against the boomers. Gen X has a decision to make. You can run with your parents' generation, continue working on, and break your back for peanuts, or you can lean in and or work with the inventions of our children because progression does not stop. And these guys are leading the way. We just got to get on board and help them, keep them within the boundaries of, you know, going sideways. But the techies, sometimes it seems like with the techies and, and with what's going on, sometimes it seems like the Jetsons come to life living in the hub of, of innovation that is Silicon Valley. Everything's so advanced. For the most part, it's great. But as I said in past episodes, I'm not about the Tesla, which are every other car where I'm at in my part of the world. I can barely remember to charge up my phone at the end of the day, let alone plug in my car. Fuck that. I'll ride this life till the wheels fall off in a gas-operated vehicle. As a matter of fact, I'm in the market for a 60s, 70s, whatever, whatever year they were made. But I'm looking for a Ford pickup with three on the column like my pop used to have. That is how I learned how to drive a stick shift truck or car, whatever. It was a truck, but I thought I'd get it ergonomically fit for my back, for my lower back issues, and take my wife on a ride from Half Moon Bay to Santa Cruz, get some lunch when shit's back open. Kids today can't drive stick shifts. You guys don't know what you're missing by letting the cars drive for you. That experience alone, coordinating that shift between gears, that mind-body coordination, It's also a huge accomplishment when you master it. Try it. It's super fun when you get the hang of it. You know, it's really fun. But circling back, for those reasons alone, I'll probably never own a Tesla. And if I want to, if I don't want to drive myself, I can call one of my kids to drive me around. I'd rather spend time with them in person than tell my car to run me around town. Human contact and connection are eroding as tech develops. It's a double-edged sword, but it's also a choice. Okay, let's get back to Rush and uh, the, you know, the old corporate. The Billionaires Club does not consist of lifestyles of the rich and famous anymore. Those are showboats who only care about themselves. Greed. The Billionaires Club now, 
And what seems like overnight to like the Charles Schwab's and the America, Ameritrade's of the world, the older billionaires. But the Billionaires Club now consists of hoodies and clean eating and no pesticides or chemicals in food to fuck with individuals' brain chemicals and bodies. The new Billionaires Club advances humanity. And I was say, as I was saying earlier, Mark Zuckerberg is in a ton of shit with the conservative media, the conservative government, our government. You know, he could have done things differently. He's catching shit for it right now. He ain't going anywhere, though. But the Trump type of government, he, he was in fucking hot water. A lot of it's made up. But these Rush and Fox and Steve Bannon guys are hammering these tech leaders like these tech oligarchs, these tech monopolies, blah, blah, blah. Zuckerberg's a robot. He's a devil. Shut up. Shut the fuck up. He's not the devil. He's just a nerd, respectfully, that wants to make the world a better place for his kids and his future grandkids. So he's using his own money to advance society. BBC News, Mark Zuckerberg and his wife, December 2015, to donate 99% of his Facebook shares, quote, to advance human potential and promote equality for all children in the next generations. Does that sound evil or like a robot? They got kids and they got money to make the world a better place here and abroad for their kids to live in a better world and by default, a better world for everybody else's kids. Mark Zuckerberg dropped out of Harvard. Steve Jobs dropped out of Stanford. Those schools are unattainable for the vast majority of the country. Zuckerberg is in like his 30s, I think. Steve Jobs could have been his father. Steve Jobs was one of the most richest and smartest men in the world with computers and cell phones. And please don't send, don't send those, well, technology actually started, blah, 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 whatever. The Steve Jobs outfits took technology and us to the next level quick, fast. Now let's get back and clean Russia's clock for him right here, because that's where I'm still at. Follow me in this vein. I was raised in the 70s. The civil rights movement and laws were only two years out when I was born. My grandmother was born in the early part of the 1900s. 1913. My great-grandmother was born in the 1800s. She lived to be like 96, I think. But I can remember her as like five years old. I can still remember her kitchen and stove and how like little house on the prairie style it looked and how it was. That house still sits in Niles. Niles is a treasure in Fremont. It's like stepping back in time to the silent movie era, which coincidentally... Most of the old Charlie Chaplin movies were filmed down there in Niles, California. If you are a local, if you're in the Bay Area and you want to take your kids out, go down to Niles, spend some money down there in those small businesses. It is history and it is Fremont's history and Hollywood's history. But technology has advanced everywhere so fast over the last 35 years. I was in, I think, my mid-20s when the first big fat cell phone came out. It was wide. It was, you know, it was hella heavy. And it was like $10 to make a call for two minutes. Now my phone does everything, including talks to me, our kids' generation, the millennials. And now their kids are pushing forward the cause. Now back to the seventies and onward. And before that, back then we were a racist country and culture during those, you know, 
decades and centuries. Those are facts of history. That was the times. And those are facts of history in those times. If we can't agree on history, we can't have a conversation. I heard the N-word growing up. That was the times. And just because laws get enacted and changed doesn't mean things change. Boom! Overnight. Again, the civil, the civil rights movement was in the like 64, 68. You don't change a culture of thinking and generational norms in just a few years. Tying Rush into the civil rights movement and into tech, I worked on those campuses here in Silicon Valley for almost four years. Episode five or six of the East-West Grind. But those engineers, they are the kids who got picked on and bullied in school. Not all, most. They are the ones who got their lunch money stolen by people like the Rush Limbaugh's. What the hell was that? Volcanic eruption! May I present to you my spy in the Ministry of Defense, Fat Bastard. First things first, where's your shit at? I've got a turtle head poking out. Charming. I'm not kidding. I got a crap on deck that could choke a donkey. Oh, it's squidgy. Oh. Christ, I'm getting all emotional from it, you know? Right. Fat bastard, could I have my mojo, please? Where's my money? All right, give him his money. Jesus Christ, he's tiny. I have a bigger chunk of corn in my crap. Wait a minute. He kind of looks like a baby. Come here, I'm gonna eat you! I'm bigger than you, I'm higher in the food chain! Get in my belly! Come on! You're lucky, wee man! That's Rush and every other bully that comes to one's mind. Just living life in the shade. But the vast majority of the tech industry were the kids who were ridiculed for being weird in school and grew up to be Steve Jobs. They are the innovators of the world in one central location, Silicon Valley. They are the kids who were so smart in school that they were sent to the special needs classes because they were smarter than their teachers and nobody knew how to teach them. Usually the kids with, you know, ADHD, they're autistic, Asperger's, Tourette's, transgender, nonlinear thinkers by design, birth. And nonlinear thinkers color outside the societal lines. You think the device and apps all these conservatives bash gays and liberals on are created and sustained by Bubba, the farmer, or Jerry Falwell Jr. type of people? No. No disrespect to the farmers either. Thank you all so much for what you do. We couldn't eat without you guys out there at the butt crack of dawn seven days a week. Thank you. But Jerry Falwell Jr. and side note. Dear God, today is going to be big. The most watched daytime service of the year. Over 6 million worldwide. If I were the king of the world. Welcome home, Dr. Gemstone. 
Your whole ministry is set up to serve the gemstones. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, I ain't. Praise be to he. Why does daddy leave me out of everything? Being leaders, that's men's business. I'm more of a man than Kelvin is. Like I'll argue with you there. Good afternoon, Jesus. Thank you for letting me be born into this world as a gemstone. I grew up in a rural area. What she's trying to say is that she is a poverty person. I grew up in a hard-working, middle-class family. We weren't rich, but we also weren't poor. And we also don't really care. That's kind of a boring, lame origin story. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it. Dark forces are at work. Evil forces that wish to destroy our family. I'm gonna let it. The Lord has always had the gemstones back. Yeah, that's that's that whole family. A bunch of them. Watch the righteous gemstones on HBO. Danny McBride is a fucking genius. And then Google Jerry Falwell Jr. and all the non-Christian shit he's been exposed in over the past few years. Another fucking con man liar. Taking people's money. But back to Silicon Valley, to the, you know, the Silicon Valley engineers being conservative per rush. Those Silicon Valley campuses are structured for the minds of their engineers. They are, there are bright colors everywhere. There are different themed buildings to work in, designed to restart one's brain and promote innovation. Think about this. If you are working at a job for like 30 years, same building, same environment, same break room, same people. Trust me, I've been there. Are you really giving your best or are you on autopilot going through life? And your day. See why the tech industry is feared? On those campuses, you can spend your day working in a building that is built and themed like you're in Mexico. Or you can go to another building and, you know, it's 80s themed. Every day, same thing, same cycle. On those campuses, in those buildings, you can be like, "Mm, I feel like working in the building where the adult slide is and maybe the Pac-Man over there. But these tech leaders... They're not fucking perfect. They want the best out of their people, so they provide the best for their people in a safe space to be innovative. And again, as someone who worked on those campuses, most conservative right-wing social media shit talkers don't even know that the vast majority of those engineers are the people they picked on in high school. And in large part, a large chunk of the workforce are transgender people. Some of the most beautiful and kind people I've ever met and served as a member of their culinary teams. That is why old corporate, old corporations have been so afraid of tech. The nerds are taking over in wealth and in business. I think it's great. And if I ever go back into corporate workforce, it'll be with the tech industry. Because although I'm not an engineer, they provide jobs for people like me. If you work on their campuses, They treat you the same as they treat their engineers. Some perks may differ, but everyone's equal, unlike how you get treated in school. And before the emails come, no, I wasn't a bully. I have eyes, though, and I went to school like everyone else. I know. I saw what happened and to whom it happened to. The nerds are fighting back. Okay, let's circle back to Rush and listen in for a minute to what Rush has to say. 
Let's listen a little further. See you in a minute. They believe that we're bigots. They believe that we're homophobes. They believe all of these character assassination charges. Hold up again. Hold up. Russia said the left believes conservatives are racist and bigoted and blah, blah, blah. I believe that to be true for some. Like, for example, this guy you're about to listen to, who when he speaks of Congresswoman Maxine Waters, an African-American woman, he speaks like this. Maxine Waters has announced that she's going to have hearings on GameStop. She's going to investigate the GameStop scandal. She's going to rein in the corrupt practices of hedge funds. It'll never happen, folks. She doesn't even know what they do. Maxine Waters, do you think she could explain to you what a hedge fund does? You think she could explain why a hedge fund is different than a brokerage? But she's going to investigate them. Maxine Waters, he says, she going to do this and she going to do that. Why are you using slave type of lingo or vernacular when you talk about her? Or listen to how this guy, when he talks about Charles Payne, another African-American uh, gentleman, uh, he's on the Fox News. Listen to how this guy talks about him. I was watching uh, Charles Payne today. Uh, Charles Payne goes back and forth between the Fox Business Network and the Fox News Network. He intentionally says the word business as business. Why? Why are you doing that? I've listened to you say business hundreds of times. I listened to your fucking shitty show. Why with this black man are you saying business? Now listen to the same guy who we all know is fucking Rush, Rush Limbaugh. But I'm just being cute because that's how I roll. But listen to him talk about Congressman, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, AOC. One second. New York Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on Monday revealed that she is a survivor of sexual assault. Have you seen this video, folks? If you haven't, it's 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 amazing acting. She was speaking to 100,000 people on Instagram Live. Why is he trying to imitate a Hispanic accent or make fun of how her name is pronounced in her native language, Hispanic, whatever? But he doesn't change his voice when he talks about a white, a white man or, or white people at all. That's like racist shit right there. But I understand why. He's a product of, of his times, but it's still no excuse. Listen to this guy one more time this episode because I'm tired of talking about his ass right now. So, But just listen. This is Rush Limbaugh. Listen to this fucking shit. And so all day, yesterday and then the day before, we had members of the Lincoln Project, like George Conway, who appeared on TV constantly with Mr. Weaver. Weaver ran the McCain campaigns in, uh, in 2000, 2000, 2000, wait a second, yeah, 2000, uh, what was it? 2008. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. So Weaver was all of the the McCain family knew this guy. Everybody knew this guy, and they all claimed, well, we had no idea. Yeah, what the fuck was that? Did you hear that little tweaker episode in the middle of that whole, you know, like, murmur, murmur, like how he talks? Check out an episode of Intervention. That dude, Rush, is what they call on the streets a tweaker. Or he's pretending to act like one for his listeners. Please 
Check out Intervention if you haven't. Look at the similarities in how a drug addict speaks and how Rush just popped off. Look at the folks from the Capitol. Watch an episode of Intervention. Compare it to Rush Limbaugh a second ago. There are similarities. Rush Limbaugh needs to be taken off the air. Steve Bannon too. Don't get your fucking politics from Rush. All he does is bitch and moan for three hours a day, five days a week. And guess what? If you're listening to him bitch and moan all week, you probably bitch and moan all week too. I want to bitch and moan after I listen to him. So here I am, bitching and moaning about him. That's not news. Rush Limbaugh is not news. He is a gossip queen. The news is the news. And these guys, the Limbaugh's and the Bannons, they are all in shit right now, backpedaling to the very same people that they sent to the Capitol. These are the snake oil salesmen of our country. All right, let's move into uh, Biden's cabinet. Pete Buttigieg was confirmed as Secretary of Transportation yesterday. I want to play a two-minute clip from his confirmation hearing. Chuck Woolery, guys, seeing a few. Thank you very much, Senator Tester. Senator Cruz. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Mr. Buttigieg, congratulations on your nomination. Thank you. Um, The Department of Transportation has responsibility for infrastructure, has a major role concerning jobs, and has responsibility for ensuring safety. I am hopeful that if you're confirmed your tenure, we will see material advances on all three. I will say it was disconcerting to see yesterday, the first day of the Biden administration, straight out of the gate, President Biden announced that he was canceling the Keystone Pipeline. That is a major infrastructure project. That is a project that right now today has 1,200 good-paying union jobs. And in 2021, the Keystone Pipeline was scheduled to have more than 11,000 jobs, including 8,000 union jobs, for contracts worth $1.6 billion dollars. And with the stroke of a pen, President Biden has told those 11,000 workers, those union workers, your jobs are gone. Mr. Buttigieg, what do you say to those workers whose jobs have just been eliminated by presidential edict? Well, I think the most important thing is to make sure that we make good on the promise of the president's climate vision as being one that on net creates far more jobs, millions, we hope. Uh, I know that won't just happen. We'll have to do a lot of work to make sure that's real. Uh, But getting this right means ensuring that there are more good-paying union jobs for all Americans delivered through that infrastructure vision. So for those workers, the answer is somebody else will get a job? The answer is that we are very eager to see those workers continue to be employed in good-paying union jobs, even if they might be different ones. That was Senator Ted Cruz from Texas. Remember him? We talked about him in the past. He's the senator from Texas. He ran for president in 2016 against Trump. Once Trump bottomed him out, and after Trump called his wife ugly. You know, I have to say, seeing him 
go deeper and deeper to the gutter. It's not easy to tick me off. I don't get angry often. But you mess with my wife, you mess with my kids, that'll do it every time. Donald, you're a sniveling coward and leave Heidi the hell alone. Yeah, look at that. But two weeks after that, remember Ted Cruz was answering uh, calls at the Trump administration to help him get elected? Side note, Ted Cruz has no morals. Ted Cruz was coming at Mayor Pete for the 1,200 jobs halted on the Keystone Pipeline with Biden's executive order. And as you heard, Mayor Pete's response, awesome, or Secretary Buttigieg's response because he was confirmed. But the Biden administration is planning on creating millions of clean jobs and retraining those people that will go into those clean jobs. It's going to be required and it's going to be funded. I'll put the plans in the show notes for you to read. But I'd ask Senator Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz, where's your concern been for jobs over the past nine months? There have been upwards of 800,000 new unemployment claims weekly, weekly for the past six, seven, eight months while you've been living the country club life, the great state of Texas, your state that you oversee is running out of food at the food banks. People are waiting in line for hours upon hours to get what little food that those food banks have. And you're here interviewing Pete Buttigieg for transportation secretary. This is what you're doing while Texas is in trouble. All my listeners in Texas, Vic, there's an election coming up in 2022. I don't know if he's up, whatever. Kick this motherfucker to the curb. Let's get into some uh, gossip. The OWN Network, O-A-N-N, the Herring Outfit. I've been talking uh, to people for the past few years about the OWN shit meal with the sh- you know Chanel Rion, Trump groupie, reporting what they call news, but it's all lies. I talk about them in, I think, episode three. I think it's, uh, ep- it's called the fake news episode. See, I've been saying these motherfuckers are the real fake news. Look what happened to Lou Dobbs today. Veteran Fox Business host, boom, fired for all his, for all the legal pressure and money Fox Entertainment is going to now have to endure and kick in because of Lou Dobbs' behavior and his lies. Just like Bill O'Reilly. Fox got tired of paying his sexual harassment lawsuits and boom, that motherfucker was gone too overnight. None of these hosts are legit. None of them. Chris Wallace is holding the line, air quotes, holding the line in trying to report the news and 
accurately from the Republican point of view, not the evangelical point of view, the Republican point of view, separation of church and state. But Chris Wallace doesn't have, you know, pet names for people, Sleepy Joe, Roswell, Rachel, Crying Chuck, Kami Harris. That type of reporting, air quotes again, is beneath him. Listen to this heading from lawandcrime.com. Not the National Enquirer or the Globe. This is a legal explanation in legal layman's terms by legitimate respected attorneys, not Crazy Rudy or the Kraken Sidney Powell. See, credibility matters, or it should. When I absorb, you know, legal information, political information, educational information, anything, I want the truth, not what I want to hear or what I want to be true, not everything I want to be true is true or is going to be true. That's why you hear people go, fuck. They either just found out they were wrong or they stubbed their fucking toe. But I want facts uh, reported to me from the news, not gossip and not name calling about other networks and their journalists, because that just leads to trouble. And there's no substance in there. That's not dealing with the problems in America, nor the problems everyday Americans face. That's why I call this segment gossip. You think the own network is going to be like, so today a judge ordered that our own network pay X amount in legal fees for slandering Rachel Maddow. No fucking way. They are scrambling over there. And I say, good. All of them are. A Newsmax host walked off his own show because Mike Lindell, the MyPillow guy, wouldn't shut up. He made a, this fucking Mike Lindell, he made a three hour documentary with what he claims is 100% proof that the election was stolen. His behavior, his body movements, his mouth twitching. He appears to be on some sort of substance too. On the hair. His shirt is half tucked in, half tucked out when he's coming out of the White House when he met with Trump, when Trump was there. He's pacing and screaming. Apparently now has permanently suspended the MyPillow company account, the company account, after its CEO, Mike Lindell, used the page, they say, to continue posting. This comes as Twitter permanently banned Lindell's personal account last week. Joining us now to discuss is the founder and CEO of MyPillow and the author of the book, What Are the Odds, Mike Lindell. Mike, thank you so much for joining us and uh, welcome. So well, what happened? What what happened with your Twitter account and the uh, company page? Well, first mine was taken down because we have all the election fraud with these Dominion machines. We have a hundred percent proof. And then I, when they took it down uh, uh, about my, three weeks my, ago, I, and then I put it back up. My personal, I put it. It was a Mike. Uh, thank you very much. Own played that shit. Yeah, they did. That like two hour, whatever the fuck he was on. But they put on, they put up a disclaimer that said, this shit ain't true. That's been debunked. They put that disclaimer up there because they themselves don't want to get sued. But that's the same shit that he's, he's talking the same shit that's been proven wrong 60 some odd times in the higher courts, not traffic court. That host on Newsmax, he had to try and stop Lindell's ass. You hear the guy going like, hey, hey, Mike, my, 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 Mike, you know, you can't say that shit. We don't want to be included in that lawsuit. At the end, Lindell won't shut up. The host is done. Bye. He gets up and leaves. Bye, Felicia. Everyone's like, oh, shit, like that just happened. 
And don't pull the cancel culture card, please. This is our legal system at work. Have you heard somebody, have you ever in your life, I'm sure everybody has, have you heard someone say, I'm going to sue you for slander? This is what suing for slander on a national level looks like. Slander is illegal. The bad guys lose. The bad guys are the liars and the slanderers that are being sued for billions right now. This is going to cost a lot of people a lot of fucking money. And again, I say good. Part of me does, though, feel bad for Mike Lindell. He truly was a success story from coming out of the bowels of his crack addiction to cleaning up to forming a national company. And now he's spiraling out of control. Nobody wants to sell his pillows anymore. Trump was pushing for Mike Lindell to move uh, to make a move for governor. That shit's down arrival, and he knows it. He's spinning in front of our eyes today, spinning. What is he, like 60? 60 60-something? Ah, youth. Side note, the 80s were fucking fantastic. You see all the clothes and shoes coming back in style. I see kids in checkerboard vans. It's all fun. Our music is still on, all the local and national radio channels. I just ordered a yellow peachy folder sweatshirt. Can't wait to wear it with my fan five and to work. And I, I am seriously thinking about getting a fanny pack. I wouldn't be caught dead with a fanny pack in the eighties, but I see their value now. I got to have somewhere to put my phone, my keys. Great times were the eighties, but back to Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell is in, uh, he's in for some trouble because David Hogg, the Parkland, one of the Parkland uh, shooting survivors is starting his own pillow company. It's called Good Pillow. I'm going to fucking order that shit when it comes out. I don't even care if it's not comfortable. I hope it is, but I'm going to order that shit. But he's starting a pillow company to compete with the My Pillow Pillows. David Hogg's pillow, I believe, will get funding. And he's so like innately smart at his age, thanks in large part to the internet for making everything available. He's barely out of high school. Uh, he has, uh, I think he has no need for college. He's smart enough to align himself with people uh, he'll be able to trust with his ideas. He's an activist. And that video of Marjorie Taylor Greene chasing him down and talking shit to him. But he kept his cool and he just kept on walking and ignored her. He's a much better man than me. I'd turned around and be like, uh, bitch, what is your mental disorder? And then just waited for her to act and respond even more crazy, trying to figure out how to respond to that because she knows she's fucking out there and someone just told her to her face. She's crazy. Fight or flight kicks in and she's off the fucking charts. But okay, David Hogg, he's a good kid. He'll grow up to be a good man. And David Hogg's pillow, he'll probably design an ergonomic science team to fit the needs of, you know, not just the shoulders and necks of the 20, 30, 40 somethings, but he'll probably design pillows for the 50, 60, 70, 80 year old shoulders and necks as well. Hint, 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 Mr. Hogg. See, no college. What do you really need a degree, you know, to practice anyway or to do medicine and all the branches that connect medicine? That's one field. Legal, all those branches, you need to go to school to be that, you know, to, to be in the legal field. But pretty much everything else, 
You can just be good at it nowadays. And with the right organization that value the skills and knowledge that you educated yourself in through the use of the internet, that is in demand. The mission statement of Google is to organize the world's information and make it universally accessible and useful. They have achieved that. Larry Page and Sergey Brin, two of the biggest nerds, respectfully. I'm just trying to get a switch to the MAGA crowd to click. Those two Google founders, they probably got their asses kicked and their lunch money taken a few times by what would be a future MAGA supporter because, uh... Yeah, those guys are the lunch money bullies. Look at them. Think back to your own youth. And everyone had a bully in their school, several, probably more. But Larry Page and Sergey Brin could be any kid who is different or smart or was always reading. There are years upon years of after-school specials about guys like this, about situations like this. And circling back, to old corporate Republicans and new corporate Democrats in this battle over uh, the C-SPAN airways I've been watching. This has been a great fight to watch. The power grab, as I see it, and as we talked about in episode five, I think. But the tug of war, the power grab for money and control and the government, especially these last four or five years, has been The bullies of older generations, rich and poor, the corporate heads, the cigar-smoking comb-over pieces of shit that do nothing but point fingers and yell and keep all the money for themselves. One for you, one, two, three for me. And you're the one sweating and breaking your fucking back. And on the other side and across from the bullies in the fight or battle for societal rule, they're nerds, again, respectfully. And everyone's grown up now. This is chess. Game theory. The nerds and their kids just took back our government and the Reddit kids with the GameStop AMC fiasco. And in what seems to be, like I said, one day, but the Reddits and the nerds said, fuck you, bitch. Give me back my lunch money and my parents' lunch money. See, bullies don't stop being bullies just because they're out of school. They bully in the workforce, in conversations, often in relationships. Side note, an email from Terry in Scottsdale. Were you raised in a trailer? No, sir, I wasn't, Terry. Thanks for the email. But in that vein, the middle class has sunk so far into poverty that there are four generations living in one household. Back in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, Everyone had their own shit. The 80s, even the 90s, I was able to raise a family in my own place with my husband. My whole family was able to do that. And we weren't rich. That has ended or narrowed. An 18-year-old can't get a job and a place on their own anymore. That used to be the thing. 18, you get a job, you get a place, you go to college. Parents helped out. But you contributed too. You worked after school. You worked before school. Whatever. You fucking worked. You contributed. It wasn't just handed. But that changed. We've got to identify the problem and fix it. Thanks for the email, Terry. Now let's go back to uh, seeking out factual information from news sources from like 20, 40 minutes ago, whatever. Because how else do you know what's going on in the country or the world but... Through news, you read everything on a subject, 
reported by the news? You read everything on a subject reported in the news, or do you just go to one source for your news? Like it's the gospel done. It's true. I don't. Do you? I don't know. I read it all. But once I've gathered all the information needed, I can then come up with my own logical conclusion after all the factual facts and information are known. I can then read the law. Thank you, Google. Legal books are at your fingertips. But after you, after you have all the facts, you can then apply the principles of the law to that specific case. 9.5 times out of 10, I am on the money with my content because I put in the time to actually do research on the topic or anything that anything else that interests me. It's easy to find. But if you seek the truth from people who are known liars or known shady characters, what kind of information do you think you're going to get from those shady characters? Mike Lindell and the likes, Rush Limbaugh, Steve Bannon. Everybody knows a shady person or knows of a shady person. And what normally happens to shady people? Eventually they get exposed. Exhibit A again, judge orders own to pay Rachel Maddow and MSNBC $250,000 in attorney fees for frivolous defamation lawsuits. Again, that was lawandcrime.com. Own. These guys are fucked. Their investors are going to jump ship while they still can. And who can blame them? Their herring outfit will not be able to pay their fees to be on the networks. And then what logically and historically follows? Boom! Belly fucking up. I predict and I hope that happens. These guys are state-run TV. We'll get into that in a second. And don't, again, don't play the cancel culture card. What you're witnessing is our Constitution and, again, our legal system at work. Look up the definition of state TV. State-run TV channels do not coexist with democracies. That is how we got January 6th, fake news. And I guarantee you, none of those people on January 6th watch ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN, MSN. And we're supposed to believe all those networks that I just named off are state-run. I can't. I'm fucking done. I gotta go. motherfuckers. All right, guys, I got to get out of here. My brain is fried. These episodes are getting longer. I'm going to have to fucking rein this shit in. And if it's sports you seek, I got nothing. But I suggest going over to the I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast on Luminary. All things sports, he seems to know. It's like another language that I don't understand. When he gets on that shit. And I don't know the motherfucker. Respectfully. He ain't paying me. I just believe him to be legit. But sports. Go Raiders. And go Oakland athletes. Athletics. 
My bad. Oakland A's, motherfucker. That's the extent of my sports knowledge. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great week, and we'll see you on the next episode of the East West Grind Podcast. I got your back, guys. Have a good week. Peace.